0: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
1: What's going on, guys? Andrew Claudio here with a quick programming note. This is part three of not one, not two, not three, not four, but five parts, cap or no cap the Jalen Brunson plan. Uh, potentially, you haven't listened to part one or two and this episode showed up in your podcast feed. So if you haven't listened to part one and two, just refresh your feed and look up previous unplayed episodes and it should be there for you to listen to in part one. And John and Jeremy recapped the week, talked Johnny Bryant, Rick Brunson, Mark Berman's appearance with Chris Percy Perseidon on the KFS podcast feed and all the news and revelations that may have come out of that conversation before diving in to the Jalen Brunson cap or no cap and some of the things he does well, as well as some fears and concerns that Knicks fans may have in acquiring him. In part two, Moneyball, one of my favorite movies, even though it's low-key inaccurate to... Yeah, because the A's were great because of Chris Pratt, not because they had the MVP and the Cy Young or some pitching on that team. Regardless... Moneyball is brought up. And while Jalen Brunson doesn't get on base, he does other things great. And Jeremy highlights that before going through some of the other players that have been paid around uh, what Jalen Brunson may command that uh, aren't as good. And you might actually be wondering whether or not Jalen Brunson will be underpaid by the time he gets his next contract um, here in part three. Uh, Jeremy goes through some salary cap discussions because You know, Adrian Wojnarowski decided to say that the Knicks can't get Brunson because they don't have cap space. And that just like isn't a thing. It doesn't matter. You know, teams that don't have cap space sign players all the time. And uh, Jeremy highlights that point and the, the cap space myth before. Not one. I'm not going to do all of it. Eight trades. He comes over with, up with eight hypothetical trades that have been discussed. And whether or not all eight of them work, it's basically a sign trade with the Dallas Mavericks to acquire Jalen Brunson. Um, I hope you're enjoying If You're already up to part three. So I'm assuming you're enjoying it. But I really hope you're enjoying this extensive look into Jalen Brunson. Let's get into it. Part three, cap or no cap, the Jalen Brunson plan.
2: take a look at this year's projections salary cap wise i, I brought it up before but basically it'll play a part in a second realistically the most room the, the knicks could create by keeping mitchell robinson still on the books uh is 2.6 million dollars in cap space they could also operate above the salary cap if they keep taj gibson's cap hold this could also change if the knicks trade up if they get the fourth pick in the draft for example it's probably, you know, you're adding like five million dollars more or so. And then you're really not getting under the cap, most likely. But there are ways you can navigate. The reason I bring it up is because we first want to talk about clearing salary for Jalen Brunson. This was something that the Knicks tried to do in the at the deadline. They didn't do it, right? They wanted to hold on to their assets. Dump baby dump. That's yeah, dump it, dump baby dump. And then give it away, give it away, give it away now. Shout out, right out Chili Peppers. Um, the thought, Andrew enjoyed that one. Yeah. The Knicks don't have cap space. You've heard it. I've heard it. We've all heard it. It's a tiring phrase because they don't necessarily need it. More focus should actually be on other teams' cap space and the traded player exceptions they have.
3: I was about to say, don't forget about the traded player. I was looking today. Denver Nuggets yep. uh, have, uh, well, actually, no, they don't have one. Who, who did I look at um, that is a? Tr- oh, the Nets. That's right. I know the Nets and, yeah. and Knicks never do trades, but like they have a traded player exception. They could fit Alec Berkson. right? And know? so,
2: you know, what's been talked about a lot is the cost of dumping salary, right? Like the cost of dumping Kemba Walker, New Orleans, Noel, players who might be perceived as negative value, and oh my god, you're giving up things that are worthwhile to clear cap space for Jalen Brunson. It it doesn't make sense, but I think there's a very key thing that's getting lost in that conversation. And it's that there's a difference between selling low versus attaching to dump a player. For example, you could dump Alec Burks to a team like the Pistons. You could do it to a team like really any team that has a large enough uh, trade player exception or cap space. He's a good player. Yep and you could basically say hey this team take a good player off our hands for like a second round pick we're not being greedy here as opposed to hey team with cap space or or a trade player exception take a bad player oh well you're going to need a sweetener okay we'll do that take
3: kemba walker for instance
2: right like that that's the whole shift in mentality you don't have to just dump the bad players and attach things to to make things move you could find a way to like move better players, but just not take the assets back that you want. You're prioritizing cap space to sign Jalen Brunson. Um, You could also look to keep cutting salary, right? Like the idea that I've had of, again, hypothetically, Fournier, Noel, Kemba for Hayward, you're probably cutting like $6 million there. If we're at 2.6, you just do that deal, you're getting like close to $9 million. You're a stone's throw away. Like... If you can find a team that wants Derek Rose, I saw recently, whether this is true or not, I don't know. um, The Thunder are looking for a veteran type player. They have too many picks. They're trying to float 30 and 34 in some way. They're well under the salary cap entering draft night. Is he the type of player that they want? Maybe, maybe not. But the point is, if you can make that type of deal, then you're clearing cap space and you're also not necessarily getting as much for him as you want. I mean, don't get me wrong, 30 and 34, that would be a, a nice haul for a player like Derrick Rose and no salary return. The point I'm making is there are different ways around it where you don't just have to pay to get rid of a bad player. You can you can pay a different way to get rid of a good player, but you're just accepting less on the back end because you're prioritizing the way to get Brunson.
3: Yeah. And uh, the reason I brought up Denver, uh, they don't have a trade exception, but uh, they are a team and there are other teams out there like this that have a contract that they would probably rather spend the money elsewhere. Like for Denver, it's Jamichael Green. Jamichael Green is due has a player option for eight point something million dollars next year. I'm sure Denver would rather ha- spend that money on someone that is going to make a, a more of an impact in their rotation in the playoffs next year. Um, you know, the uh, Green for for Rose wouldn't quite work out. That would have to include another small salary. But like again, that's a way that you could shave three, $4 million, you know, um, or, you know, green for Burks, for instance, like that's a way you could shave a couple million bucks. Like there are different, there are all sorts of ways, as you say, to cut money.
2: Exactly. And then when you look back at it with, with everything, I mean, look at this. Let's say you dump Alec Burks and you find a way to trade New Orleans Noel into another team. I mean, again, that's the opposite of what I'm saying, but even if it were, Rose and Burks. That's twenty four million dollars. And even if you're not dumping a full twenty four, let's say you get six million dollars back somehow, based on two or three way trades, whatever it is. That's it. You've done your job. You don't. Then you can find a way to maybe package Kemba and Noel for like a Bledsoe type. So it's not a great salary, but it's similar, and you're consolidating pieces. Whatever it might be. Just examples of how you get there. It doesn't just have to be, hey, here's a crappy player. Let's add something to it because we really need Jalen Brunson.
3: Um, and then just one one other very small thing that y- you could say, like, let's say that there is a player that the Knicks like um, and they want to get, uh, but not, not Jalen Brunson, like another player, but they don't feel like it's worth it to give up an ad Like in a vacuum, it would not be worth it to give up an asset for that player. If getting that player... Also reduces your costs a little bit. And again, you're trying to angle towards cap space, then maybe it incentivizes you that much more to give up whatever the thing is that you might want to get. Like I'm thinking, uh, someone like Christian Wood, like Christian Wood's salary next year is not that onerous. Maybe you're trading, um, I don't know Derek Rose and like another small salary for Christian Wood. Like that's something that I could say.
2: Yes, and a key distinction here is that if the Knicks go under the salary cap, they lose the, they lose the mid level exception, which is over ten million dollars. Yeah. Instead, they get the room exception, which is closer to five. I we're gonna go into sign and trade situations, but before I do, I'll be honest. I don't think clearing cap space is the right move, especially if the Knicks are trading up. Granted, if they're trading up, even if it's not getting Ivy, let's say they just trade up to seven or eight. They're adding more salary to the books. Um, it's then a harder job to go under the cap to get someone. It just makes a lot more sense in my mind to stay over the salary cap, but that's a drum I've been beating for quite a long time. Um, I agree. So let is, let's look at sign and trade. Well, we got our three favorite words, John. Base year compensation. <laughs>
3: You're new here. I thought every time I think we're out, they pull me back
2: in. Exactly. Uh, If you're new here, base your compensation is essentially um, a way to avoid giving a player who doesn't deserve that much money, a lot of money, and then instantly trading them for a player making similar money. I actually learned recently that the Mavs were, I think the reason why base year compensation is, is, is existence because it had to do with Keith Van Horn and trading him. But mm-hmm. here are the rules for base year compensation. When you know a player falls under the category or not. Number one, the team uses full bird or early bird rights to re-sign the player. So anyone who is drafted um, or essentially they're traded to the team or signed in free agency, but has two or three years that they've been on the books for Uh, the player's new salary is more than his minimum player's new salary is more than a 20% raise of his prior one. And the prior team is over the salary cap, including cap holds after signing the player before the trade. So basically adding the signee's new full salary to the team's books. Let's go back. Number one, full bird rights for Jalen Brunson. Check. Number two, the new salary is more than his minimum. Yep. Number three, the new salary is more than a 20% raise of his previous one. Well, it wasn't a previous raise, but it's more than 20% anyway, so check. And then as we talked about the Mavs financial situation, they're well over the salary cap. They're not going to stop being above the salary cap. So if they sign him, they're still going to be above the salary cap. And then trading him as a result, um, it still works. Let's talk about hard capped. Hard capping can be confusing. Basically, the Mavs can't go above a certain amount if they are hard capped. And that amount is like $155 they If they do something that hard caps them and gets them above there, that's the tax apron, they can't go above it at any point. So let's do three scenarios. Number one, the Knicks create cap space and sign Jalen Brunson. The Knicks are not hard capped. The Mavs are not hard capped. The Knicks did not do a sign and trade. Neither did the Mavs. Uh, neither team did the full mid-level exception or more than the, not, than the tax mid-level exception. Um, and then the third one is neither team would be using the biannual exception. Those are the three. Okay. No hard capping there. The Knicks sign and trade a player or players under contract for Brunson. The Knicks become hard capped because Brunson's a free agent doing a sign and trade, but the Mavs are not hard capped because the players that, the Knick, that they would be receiving were already under contract, which is important because the Mavs can't afford to be hard capped because they would get above the tax apron, which they can't do. And again,
3: just so we're clear, it is not that big of a deal for the Knicks to be hard capped in the upcoming season because they are so far away from the hard cap. So if you're worried about that in the scenario where again, it's a sign and trade where it's Brunson to the Knicks in exchange for players who are already under contract for the Knicks, in which case the Knicks would be hard capped, not a huge deal.
2: Yes. Uh, and the last but not least, again, if the Knicks did a Mitchell Robinson for Brunson sign and trade, a
3: double sign and trade, which is not going to happen.
2: It's not super rare. Um, I think the last time it happened was really D'Angelo Russell and Kevin Durant. Um, The Knicks would be hard-capped, which is fine, but the Mavs would be hard-capped, which is a problem.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: No, I have eight trades. Just gonna oh my God. They're, they're not super <laughs> complex. They're just, I just want to explain the concept of them. Okay. Um, again, the one we just talked about, Mitchell Robinson and Jalen Brunson, let's say the Knicks and some of these numbers are going to be different from situation as just to show the variability. Nick signed Brunson to a starting salary of 20 million and Mitch is making 12 million. The math doesn't work. Uh, base your compensation aside. It just, that's the, the gap between the two is too far. So that doesn't work. But if Brunson were making 18 million, spoiler, Brunson's not going to make 18 million. um, And Mitch is making 13 million. You could actually find a way that it works. The problem is the Mavs get hard capped for the reasons I explained with Mitchell Robinson. It doesn't work. John, as you said, it's not happening. Nope. So we can move past Mitchell Robinson and the Dallas Mavericks. Tree number two, Evan Fournier, vive la France. If the Knicks signed Brunson... $20 $20 million and and 48 is making 18 million. It works in one way, but not the other. The reason being with base your compensation, it counts as 50% for the outgoing salary for the maps. I know that sounds confusing, but think well, about basically how- the,
3: the, the way to think about this is take the take whatever number we're going to say in each of these trade scenarios for Jalen Brunson, cut that number in half. And then after you cut it in half, that is the outgoing salary for the Dallas Mavericks. So if, if Brunson's making 20 million here, it's $10 million in outgoing salary for the Mavs, which means we, we kind of need to get into the weeds, a little bit of salary matching. But for most of these, I think it's going to be, it has to be within $5 million. So basically if there's more than 15 coming back, when 10 is going out, it's too much. Evan Fournier makes 18, it's three more than 15. Doesn't work.
2: Right. And if you're thinking, oh, well, you know, you can add other salary. Uh, it's really tough to do because if it, you add salary on one end, it adds it to the other end. So you're pushing one up, but you're pushing the other up too. Yeah. But there is a loophole, but we will get into that in a moment. Uh, if you were to sign Brunson at $26 million and Evan Fournier is making 18, base your compensation for Dallas works. 26 million, divide that by two, it's 13 million. That matches with 18 million. The Problem is that 26 million and 18 million do not match. So this deal similarly doesn't really work. Um, Something I should also add, which isn't necessarily listed here, but like, let's say the Knicks create cap space and then let's say they create 15 million. And then they try to do something where it's like Brunson makes 20, but they can't squeeze him into the 15. So it's like, let's add another player salary. Let's say it's, I don't know. I'm not saying Cam Reddish. I'm just using him as an example for the math.
3: Oh, I see what you're saying.
2: You can't do the 15 plus the five equals the 20. It doesn't work that way. It's either the amount for cap space has to be the full amount or the trade has to match equally.
3: Well, what you could do is let's say the Knicks got under the cap to the point where they didn't have enough to sign Brunson outright for whatever the number is, but they could trade salary to Dallas in exchange for Brunson under the new contract, as long as Brunson coming back, didn't put the Knicks over the cap, that would be fine on New York's end. And yes. then as long as it was the 50% bit um, on the Mavs end, in terms of like Brunson's outgoing versus what's coming back. So they're. but again, it's but that, like that wouldn't it, happen because then it Knicks wouldn't
2: would just sign him or, or, the Mavs yeah, because trade if, if, him into the 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 cap space and get a yeah, but because
3: yeah, exactly. If 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 the Knicks were, you're you're either this is uh this is feels like like pregnancy. You're either fully pregnant or you're not pregnant at all. It's like if the Knicks are going to clear cap space, they're going to clear cap space. They're going to do a sign and trade. They're going to do a sign and trade.
2: Yes. Uh, on to the next one. Consolidation station. <laughs> Say the Knicks trading Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel to the Mavs, and Jalen Brunson signs for twenty million dollars. You might think, oh, hey. Burks and Noel, it's 19.2 million dollars. Brunson's 20 million dollars. Well, yes, that works one way, but it doesn't work the other because we still have to deal with base year compensation, which well, the math's actually wrong here. I'm looking. It wouldn't be 9.6. Like it'd be $10 million. So excuse that still doesn't small work. Eye, point being it doesn't work. Yeah. Um trade number four. You do the same thing as before, but you bring in Frank Neilakina. Hey, Frankie well, listen, baby. If you love Frank and you want him back, this is it. If you hate Frank, you don't want him back, this is just for the math to work. I don't really want to get into a Frank Nielakina. Just debate debate amongst yourselves, folks. Well, I don't I hate care. Frank I love Frank Nielakina. I would die for Frank Nielakina. But let's say the Knicks sign Brunson to a salary starting at $25 million and you get Burks and Noel, um, then you could do it, right? But then... You know, you'd you have to figure out a way to match it if the numbers can match. It actually might not even match entirely. Um, in fact, you might need to do a little bit more than that. It might be like 24 and a half now that I'm looking at it. But even still, you could add Neil Akina to it because he's on a minimum contract. So you know I was saying before, you add salary, it increases one side, but it also increases the other. When you add a minimum contract like Neil Akina's, it increases the MAV side, but not the Knicks side. So this would actually work if you can get the numbers to match exactly. But again, as I'm looking at it, it might not be that 25 can get you there because the 19.2 to 25, it, it might not work out. Um, it, You might have to lower the, the that amount. And it actually, again, now I'm looking at it, it might not even work, but you might be able to find a way where let's you're say- you get getting Exactly. Maybe the Mavs, then here's a the way to fix it. The way that they could do it is that the Mavs dump another salary to a team that doesn't have cap that has cap space I, or TP. That's how you get. So that's how. I you was it.
3: about to say that the thing that we haven't brought up here, and again, the reason we we could be here for another five hours thinking of all of the three and four team trade scenarios that could get Jalen Brunson to the Knicks. In short, uh, if there is a problem where it's too, the Mavs need to send more salary out. But the Knicks can't take more salary back, as you just said, that's when you get into a third team. And while there aren't a ton of teams with cap space and the Mavs don't have a ton of disposable salary, um, they do have. And I don't know if if I I hope I'm not blowing up a later slide, but they do have the three million dollar expiring contract of um, what's his face? Sterling Brown, who is not a rotation player and is barely an NBA player probably at, at this point. Uh, no offense to, to to him, but like that's a great example of a trade or a, of something where, you know, the map that uh, that contract uh, Sterling Brown's $3 million contract would be diverted to another team to make the math work. Yes. And, and I'm sure that team would get a, uh, you know, a second round pick for their trouble.
2: Right. So yes, that's, that's how you save this slide thank you for for that um trade number five you essentially do that and have the reunion but then the third team so basically let's say brunson's making 19.3 million dollars um the Knicks send Alec Burks to Dallas and Noel to Toronto because we know that there was talks of that happening at the deadline. Yep. Um, Neil Kina goes to Toronto, and then Toronto sends Kem Birch to Dallas, and then they get a center, even though he might not be the one they want, but he is someone. This actually works for all three teams, at least it should. The Dallas trade just barely works. Five million dollars, it's within there by like six thousand um, for New York. It works out almost exactly. And for Toronto, that works out too. So this is the type of trade that would work. The bottom line that we're talking about, if it is a sign and trade, there's like what, and would you say 99.9% chance that it involves at least a third team?
3: Yes, I do think it involves a third team and I've looked at this a lot. And I I think that Sterling Brown contract for $3 million is going to wind up being, being key. Um, the thing with third teams, and if you're looking at this, you could go and construct again dozens of trades where you bring in a third team to acquire. I mean, if you really want to get crazy with this stuff and really get into the math, you could do it. I've done it. The problem when you bring in a third team is that third team is going to want a want something for their trouble, and they're gonna want more than seems fair. Recall the Knicks for taking on uh, what was it, Ed Davis. Yes. Uh, Ed Davis's piddly little, what was it, $5 million salary? So three, mm-hmm. It was nothing. It was a nothing salary. So I got down two down. Sec, second round picks for that because guess what? Utah needed to move it. And there weren't a lot of teams in space and the Knicks were there. So you and they could move again. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> got, a <laughs> exactly. second, got a third second round pick by is, being the middleman. Um, which, which is great.
3: astounding. Great and great job, uh, Brock Aller. Um, the point is that these te- like if you get a third team involved it's going to be costly um and look the knicks have a bunch of extra second round picks like they they will toss some of these things around if it means ending up with jalen brunson but you also and we haven't really gotten to this yet but it should be implied you also need to talk about the cost of doing business with dallas Yep, um we'll get which
2: which is a whole nother issue yes uh trade number six every rose has its thorn <laughs> i love these names Great (laughs) sign and trade. Derek Rose. Let's say Brunson's making 21 million dollars. Rose is earning a little over 14.5. Matches on one end, but it doesn't match on the other. Matches for Dallas, but not New York. Trade number seven. uh, Every Rose has a Thorn and Burks, baby Burks. It's Derek Rose and Alec Burks. Let's say Brunson signed for 21 million dollars. You got um, Rose is 14.5 and Burks is a little over 10. So that would be 25 million. And you think that should work, but again, matches on one end doesn't match on the other. Which brings us to trade 8, which is every rose has its thorn, Burks baby Burks and a twist. So let's say Brunson's making $25 million. He goes to the Knicks. Rose up, goes baby. to Dallas. Burks goes to a team with cap space or a traded player exception. Base your compensation as a result, 25 divided by 2 is 12.5. The math here should work. Dallas sends out $12.5 million from the cap perspective. They get fourteen point five back with Rose. The Knicks send out $24.5 million and they get $25 million back. And the team that is cap space or trade player exception, uh, they don't have to send anything back, um, but they could take in $10 million. Now they'll have to send, by anything, I mean salary commitment. They could trade um, the rights to an international player that they have. They could trade uh, a heavily protected second round pick. They could do something. Um, you could even add a fourth team. Like, let's say the Kings and the Pistons get involved. The Pistons are the team with cap space and the Kings want to get rid of Rashawn Holmes. Maybe they dump Rashawn Holmes into Detroit's cap space and even get a a trade player exception. Well, no, they probably wouldn't because then they'd take Alec Burks, who maybe he helps them more than need be. And you then could make all this work. Maybe the Jazz decide to trade Rudy Gobert. And instead of getting, you know, one piece back in return because they probably won't. Let's say they get two starting caliber rotation pieces. They need a backup five. They have a traded player exception. New Orleans Noel fits right in. Maybe they actually say we need someone. We're not going to get anyone because we're Utah. Our best option right now is Hassan Whiteside, who's not a starting caliber player. Nerland's Noel might not be either, but at least he led a team not too long ago, or at least was the starting five when Mitchell Robinson went down for a team that made the playoffs. And you're telling me we could just get Nerland's Noel for like practically nothing and it's a one year trial? That's something that could appeal to another team. So it's, it's, it's about, or, you know, again, if they view him as a negative asset, but still technically see him as a way of, of helping them, maybe they say, yeah, we'll take Nerland's Noel on a second round pick because we have to take it on and, you know, you're burdening us, but secretly they also maybe need the depth at the five because um Udoka Azubuke hasn't been a good option for them either. So all sorts of things that could go around here, but it's why I think again, if you're getting Brunson, we talked about Derek Rose, moving him out is the perfect piece. It doesn't have to be Alec Burks as the other math to make the math work. Well it could be Kemba. It could be Noel, it could be I mean, those are probably the extent of it. Noel no, Burks, I, but but that's the, the the blueprint for it.
3: Yeah, and it we should say briefly, it could be Cam Reddish. And that's yeah. notable because with 25, if, you're, if, you, if you have Brunson at 25, Rose and Cam works because you're just over 21. You could actually, at that point, you could actually sign Brunson to even more. You could sign them to 26, 27, 28. I'm, I'm not saying that they should do that, but you have some flexibility here. This is the trade. Full stop. This is the trade. Rose goes to Dallas. Some other piece goes to some other third team. What is the team? Is it Burks? Is it a team that values Burks? I brought up Brooklyn before. They're like, hey, we could get Alec Burks free into one of our trade exceptions. We have two trade; they have two trade exceptions over ten million dollars. Fit Burks, or so they could even use one on Burks and one on uh, I don't know Yaka Pertle or something. Um, whatever. There's, I, I think there's probably a team out there that would want Burks. I'm sure the Knicks would toss the second round pick to that team. Here, take a second. And take Alec Burks may not even need to do that. That's you may, thing. you may not need to. And if they're really running into a problem there and teams are just demanding picks left and right at that point, the Knicks, that's when the Knicks turn around and say, you know what? If we're giving up the pick, you're not getting Burks. You're going to take Kemba or you're going to take Noel. Um, Maybe there's a team out there who values cam, whatever. That That's not the, I'm not worried about that part of it because the order of operations here, to me, at least, and this is just my supposition, is that it's one, Jalen Brunson decides he comes to the Knicks. Okay. Two, Jalen Brunson tells Dallas he wants to come to the Knicks. And then the the Mavs at that point are like, okay, do we dare New York to go free at this cap space or do we work with New York? And that's when I think if they're looking at a possibility, and the last thing I'll say, I'll turn it back to you, is of getting Derrick Rose, and I think the Knicks, and I, you may disagree with me vehemently on this, but I will, I will say, I think if they could get Derrick Rose and their own first-round pick back, I think the Knicks would pay that. I think the Knicks would give them their pick back. And I think they would give them Derrick Rose in order to sign Jalen Brunson to the deal. And then they work out the third team stuff later. And I think if you're Dallas and you're like, wait a minute, we could get our own draft pick and we can get Derrick Rose. Who, when he's healthy, he's a pretty good player. Or we could dare New York to go free at the cap space when our guy already wants to go there. And he's probably one foot out the doors. Like to me, that's, that's, it's what's it's done already.
2: So it doesn't, Help Dallas if they don't want to cooperate with the Knicks. We know that that's what they're no, it doesn't around. help them. Like, it's cutting off your nose to spite your face. And Mark Cuban can say whatever the fuck he wants about this. I, I don't care. Why would you not say it? That's the other thing. Yeah, Why would you say, he, we'll work with team if they want. Like, yeah. that's like saying, Hey, um, if you know, I don't want anyone to sleep with my girlfriend, but if they do, like, I, I, I'm cool with it. Like, it's not that's no, like, that's not. No one would say that. Well, actually, I should say no one. Some some person might, but that's the philosophy I went to. You can have your hands in your face. I don't care. I went with it. Here's Jackie
3: Kennedy never said that.
2: No, he did not. Um, no, she did not. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the Mavs want to work with the Knicks if brunson has gone, because then they they call their they call the Knicks bluff, right? Yeah. And the Knicks say, okay, um, I guess we're dumping salary. Like, fine, we'll do it. And then we'll just sign Jalen Brunson. And then the Mavs lose Brunson for nothing because then the Mavs be like, oh, well, what if we sign and trade Brunson into your cap space? And let's say, I don't know, $23 million. It could be any amount, but let's just say that. The Knicks would say, no, why would we work with you after you didn't work with us? And then the Mavs lose Jalen Brunson for nothing. It hurts the Knicks, but it's like, why would you hurt the other team and hurt yourself when you could help yourself help the other team? Or help the other team help yourself. And,
3: and like again, we've kind of gotten into this before. We don't need to go do a big thing, but like, let's just say for argument's sake, Mark Cuban was, I don't, for whatever reason. Again, this is not going to happen. Was like, no, we're not dealing with you. Okay, fine. If you're the Knicks at that point, can you find a team that is willing to say take on Derek Rose and the and the first round pick? and then find another team that is, which they're already doing in this scenario to take on probably Alec Burks and something else or take on, you know, at that, well, at that point it would probably need to be, um, it would need, it couldn't be cam because you'd need to open up the more space. It would have to be Burks and that, but again, that's your challenge if you're the Knicks, can you find a team willing to take on the stuff and what is it going to cost you? And I don't think it would cost That much more than I think they'd be willing to give Dallas to facilitate the sign and trade, which is what this all comes back to.
2: But it goes back to what I was saying as well, which is that if you trade a player that has value to a team with cap space that can take on that player, like if you're a small market team like Indiana and you don't feel like you're going to get a player that's as good as Alec Burks in free agency. no you're telling me that it would cost an asset to dump him there. Like, I don't see the Pacers being like, Oh wow. Well, the Mavs have you over a barrel. So we're going to put you over a barrel too. I think they'd say, Hey, that's a good player that we can get for a heavily protected second round pick that probably won't ever convey with the team option. We'll do it. Yeah. And then we can flip Alec Burks if we don't want to, and then make more. And we can be what the Knicks were when it was Ed Davis, yep. but on a greater scale. Similar with Derrick Rose, it's just about taking less of the proceeds versus paying to get rid of someone.
3: That's um, why this—it just—it comes down to does Jalen Brunson want to be a Nick? If Jalen Brunson—if Jalen Brunson wants to be a Nick, you forget about all this other nonsense. He's going to be a Nick. They're going to figure out a way for him to, if the Knicks want him bad enough, which we—I think—we assume that they do but that's the other we'll part of
2: it. Yeah. And so some of you might be wondering, why did I use $25 million? Well, again, you're probably thinking, well, four years, $100 million, 25 times four is 100. The contract may not even be structured that way. The reason I've been using 25 and it's my preference is because you can then do a descending contract, which is why also you would probably want to go the sign and trade route because if you open up cap space, you'd have to open up $25 million of cap space. Um, But even still, right? Like this creates more flexibility down the line, specifically when the cap is expected to spike in 2025 with the new TV deal. If you have a contract starting at $25 million and you have 5% decreasing or descending raises, that's four years and $92.5 million. Essentially, if you were to offer someone that same $92.5 million with ascending raises of 5%, it'd be a starting salary of $21.5 million. And what's more... We talked earlier, I believe the amount was 91.2 of the six players that are six contracts that I highlighted. That's really not that far away from 92.5. I mean, we're we're basically talking about a difference of $400,000 a season, give or take, on average. It's really not a lot. Uh, And the last thing before I turn it over to you, the Galaxy Brain move that I have yet to see people include, for reasons I will explain in a moment, is that if the Knicks do not deal the Dallas pick and the Mavs become a worse team as a result, their pick is going to accrue in value. And that's something important because as the West gets better and as the East improves, then you basically have the Mavs who could be taking a step back. And suddenly, I'm not saying the 20th pick is incredibly valuable, but it's something. It's something to keep in mind. But I'll, I'll turn it over to you again.
3: No, I think it's, it's I, The only thing I was going to say is, you know, we were talking earlier about that, that 100 million number kind of sticking in some Knicks fans crawl or whatever. Um, I wonder if, if that number is important to Jalen and if it is, you wouldn't need to augment your numbers by that much. For instance, you could have uh, Jalen's salary starting probably uh, 26 and change and with the decrease, with the 5% decreases and still get to a hundred. So um, again, it, maybe he doesn't care about that. I I don't know. But just throwing that out there.
2: Yeah. So, have you ever heard of one red paperclip?
3: I feel like I should know what this is, but well, I do. So, Andrew's shaking his head too, so I don't feel so bad.
2: So the whole philosophy comes from in the uh, the early aughts. For those of you who don't know what that is, the early two thousands, uh, there was someone who basically described how he turned a red paperclip that he had into buying a house. And the way that he did it was he essentially traded every single time. He traded up and up and up until he got something that was valuable enough. It was a part in a movie. And then traded that to someone for a house in Canada. And I think that is the example for how, if you're the Knicks, you can operate. Right? So Leon Rose and this front office started out with Dennis Smith Jr. And they had a second round pick. That was from the Hornets. And they consolidated that into Derrick Rose. And now I'm suggesting Derrick Rose and, again, let's say it's Alec Burks, some sort of salary filler, turns into Jalen Brunson. Then you could potentially turn Jalen Brunson into something else. It doesn't mean you will. It doesn't mean you do. But you could. And it's that whole philosophy where it's like, can we look back and trace the lineage where we basically went from the Knicks taking Dennis Smith Jr. In a second-round pick to trading... You know, like the value add and everything, does it get you a star? Because if that, that's incredible. If it even gets you a starting caliber player who's better than Jalen Brunson, you've done your job. You've done a great job. That's just something that I want fans to kind of keep in mind that it's, I said it's about the building. This is the example of how it's about building. You're taking something that feels worthless. And Dennis Smith Jr. and that second round pick were essentially worthless. And you turn it into something of value, and you're turning that value into better value, and you're consolidating your logjam, which is another issue, which we didn't even really mention, um, well, into something like this. The the big,
3: that's the other part of this, right? Is as of right now, again, putting the Emanuel quickly discussion aside, um, and apologies. Also, I should have said to any of the Deuce McBride fans out there. Deuce is not going to be the starting point guard of the 2022 23 New York Knicks. Why do I hate why do I hate Deuce McBride? I know, Andrew. I know. Um the Knicks don't currently have their starting point guard on the roster. I don't think at least they feel that they do. So when you're talking about paying money for Jalen Brunson, when you're talking about trading assets for Jay, like you are you're, you're not gonna see a significant, you know, uh part of the your 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 to-do list out here Uh, again this is one way to go there are other ways to go but you know considering where their where their needs lie it makes sense from that perspective as well